You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Kushner, and I am so excited you're joining me for the first ever episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate, produced by Broadway Podcast Network. I am so excited to share with you the who, what, where, when, and why of what it is to be a multi-hyphenate. I mean, I had the same reaction you did when you saw the word multi-hyphenate. You were probably like, what the hell is that? So anyway, dear multi-hyphenate, welcome. I'm so glad you're joining us. This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at The Dressing Room Project. And visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash Dear Multi-Hyphenate. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael Kushner, and welcome to Dear Multi-Hyphenate. This podcast is for artists who cannot sit still. I am so thrilled to be doing this with Broadway Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, I I can't wait to talk to you about what a multi-hyphenate is and does. So let's start with the the way that I discovered this word. I think it was in a very casual setting and someone mentioned this word. They were like, you're like this multi-hyphenate sort of a deal. And I'd never heard a phrase before that rang so true to me. I immediately was like, oh my God, I have to coin this term right now or it's going to get stolen from me and uh, I'm going to miss my opportunity. So I went home, I went on Urban Dictionary and I saw that there's this made up uh, definition that was basically like, multi-hyphenate is someone who does a lot of stuff. And I was like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to make this our own. So I said, a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. So basically, Urban Dictionary was not wrong. It's just a fancier way of saying, I do a lot of shit. (laughs) The reason why I think coming up with a definition for this is really important is because there's still a lot of non-believers in the industry that think that you can't do more than one thing. But I'm sitting here recording this podcast before you telling you that that's absolutely not true. (laughs) That with the right drive and the right stamina and the right mindset, you can literally do anything you want to. I look at multi-hyphenating 
as an infinity sign. Uh, you, you could look at it like a cycle, but a cycle kind of eats each other up. You know, like you go right back to where you started, right back to where you started. But an infinity sign, you're taking all these different curves, all these different paths, and at points you meet up with each other. So like I said before, multi uh, being a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies. So that's someone that that can perform. That's someone that can produce. That's someone that can direct. That's someone that can write. That's someone. It, there are no finite numbers on what you can do, but you have to do it well, <laughs> and you have to do it on a professional level. So. I would say that you would have to have some sort of an income for the things that you are doing on a professional level, and you should be doing it for a certain amount of time. I don't think that calling, that waking up and rolling out of bed and calling yourself a producer one day is very helpful for anyone involved, but I think that you should look back at the patterns and see, well, I've produced, you know, my own concert or cabaret. Okay, well, I, I experienced that side of the field and I, I've uh, produced, you know, smaller readings or I've produced nights of, of this or that. And I think when you look back and look at your patterns, you can absolutely describe yourself based on what you've, you've done. Multi-hyphenate isn't someone that like knits socks and performs. That's, you know, that's a stress reliever or that's a hobby. But a multi-hyphenate is someone that pays their bills with the things that they are doing professionally. In my instance, I am an actor, I am a photographer, and I am a producer. And if we were looking at it in this infinity sign, this if I was to draw a diagram in front of you, my income for my photography then helps me produce projects that I can be in or I'm passionate about. So in one sentence, I... I'm an actor, a, photo a photographer, and a producer on a professional level. A little bit about me. I have been in the industry for almost 20 years. I started as a kid actor um, in South Florida. There's a brilliantly beautiful artistic uh, community down in South Florida, lots of regional theaters and touring productions and performing arts high schools. And I was lucky enough to go be a part of that uh, culture down in Fort Lauderdale. I went to French Woods, which was a sleepaway performing arts camp. And I flew up to New York for callbacks for the original company of 13. So there are moments of like, I, I was doing the thing as a kid. I was finding out a way to get there. I worked so I could pay for things, so I can pay for plane ticket and get up there. I, I worked so I can get to those auditions. I, I found my community. And at an early age when middle school was extremely tough and my community was not there, it was extremely import important and it was extremely formative. So I made a pact saying that no matter what, I will do what I can to be a part of this industry. To this day, I, when I have clients come to my studio for headshots and portraits and they drop their bags at the door and they give me their woes and talk to me about how upsetting things can be in the industry, I, 
I try to reverse it. I want us to all think that we truly are so lucky to be here. We are doing the thing that we've always dreamed of doing. And we might not all be in shows, but we will be. We, our, our homework uh, has become learning songs. It's become learning sides. It's become lunch meetings at Sardi's. It's become cabarets and concerts uh, as opposed to calculus. Though a lot of us do feel that we miss calculus because it does have a finite answer. But I think multi-hyphenating does as well. I think that there's a finite answer with multi-hyphenating because you give yourself power. You give yourself power to be able to say no and create. Because I did the EPA and ECC circuit when I moved here to the city, the, for those of you that don't know what an EPA or an ECC is, an EPA is an equity principle audition and an ECC is an equity chorus call. And if you don't have an agent or don't have a manager, those are great ways to audition for projects, great ways to get into the uh, industry, into the room for, for auditions. And they're mandatory because of the union. There has to be a certain amount of, uh, of auditions per show on Broadway. So I did all of those and I wasn't, I wasn't really seeing what I had spent so many years trying to do it. It wasn't happening. Um, I was throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall and nothing was sticking. So I felt powerless and I, I felt determined, but I felt powerless. I felt like no matter what I was doing, I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing progress. So I went back to the drawing boards and I said, okay, well, if no one's going to give me the opportunities, I'm going to create them myself. For me, relationships are an extremely invaluable tool that help you be able to do what you're here in the city to do. I feel that New York is all about networking, correct? We're we're all networkers and some people dread the idea of networking. I I don't like networking. I don't like having to go out and spend $50 at a bar and exchange business cards or go on Instagram and add each other. Okay, well, that's fine. But I was talking with a friend, Catherine Porter, and we were talking about networking and and the intention behind it. I think networking can be much more enjoyable if we flip the narrative. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about on this podcast is flipping the narrative. It's looking at looking at the industry through a different lens or in a different way. So we have this word networking. It's hard. It's harsh. It sounds corporate. It sounds difficult. It sounds like it's a chore, right? But what is the intention behind networking? I think why a lot of people don't network successfully is because the intention becomes self-focused. The intention is, how do I get to a better place than where I am? How can you help me? But if we flip the narrative and we go, how can I help you? That's when it's a conversation. That's when the other person is more willing to give you their resources. If we just change the narrative and go, how can we help each other? How can we be there for each other? How can we create? Going back to what we're all here to do, right? We're here to create. How can we create together? How can we create and establish something new? 
that's when the conversation kind of kind of changes. That's when the email interactions start to bubble. That's when that's when lunch meetings start happening. That's when an idea actually begins to happen. When the narrative changes, when there's more of a positive intention behind it, when there is a relationship, going back to that word relationship. But even that word networking, that hard, harsh word networking. Networking should be looked at as weaving, net weaving. So basically, as opposed to us working out a relationship or working out finances or working all this stuff, if we look at it as a net weaving experience, we can then partner up. We can introduce people to each other. We can take more space as artists. We can own we can have more agency as artists. Uh, net weaving takes the stress off of the act of networking, which is a it's an it's networking is an important skill to have. And people say that it's a skill, but it's actually not. When when we flip the narrative, networking or net we, net weaving in this case becomes an act of responsibility. Net weaving becomes an act of responsibility because we are out of our apartments, into the scene, filling the holes of the industry that are missing, going, I have an idea that fits there. The narrative changes to where you are now a responsible artist changing the world around you. Uh, that is a good transition as to who I think I am as an artist. I, I like to... <laughs> multi-hyphenating came out of not wanting to label anyone, which is kind of funny because I actually like to label things and I like to be able to be like, you're this, you're that, you're this. But multi-hyphenating is kind of the act of not doing that. I was so sick and tired of being at a party and an opening night at, or a gig and I would be photographing and someone would come up to me and go, so like, this is what you do now? Or so like, tell me like what your real passion is or so like, this is how you pay your bills. And then like, you just like got a shit on the side. I was really, really sick and tired of those questions because what it does is it, it chips away at the armor. You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to walk out of your apartment and put on the apron and serve tables and go, I am an actor and this is what I do. I can sing better than anyone in this room takes a lot of guts to be able to like say that, but then also like give this like very undeserving person the food that they ordered and then they're sending it back and yelling at you. All of our ways of survival, it's extremely courageous for an artist because it's not exactly what you're here to do. You're here to be an artist. So I commend everyone out there that is hustling and figuring it out. But in my instance, I was really, really tired of having to explain myself, having to explain that I loved photography, that I actually really enjoyed what I did, and it was rising up to being just as important as performance. There was an interaction where someone uh, that I've known for many, many years berated me at a at an event and shared her disappointment in me that I was photographing and not on stage. 
And it's incredible because people will never know that there's little to no control over that. But what I wanted to do was change the narrative. I wanted to have as much control over that as possible. When I started to own the fact that I was a photographer and an actor, so many more things opened up. More relationships. I had people starting to come to my studio that I had grown up listening to on cast albums. People that I idolized and worshipped. I started establishing those relationships. I started to own myself more. I started to speak on panels. I started to I started to work my my survival job into a passion. And that's also another thing, the idea of a survival job. It's all, you know, multi-hyphenating, there, since there are no rules to it, because it's an anti-label label, a lot of our survival jobs can become part of our multi-hyphenate um, identity. Like, I try really hard to not say the word survival job because there is a negative connotation. It's saying, wow, we, you know, I'm surviving. My, like, the thing that I do during the day, it, it, it helps me survive. I think that there's like a really negative connotation to that. So what I like to say is a for now job. A for now job. Like you waiting tables is a for now job. Remember, you are not here in the city to wait tables. If that, if you fall in love with it and you fall in love with the restaurant uh, world business, I, which I've seen many people do, like live your truth. We love that. That's amazing. You're finding happiness. But if you're an artist and you're miserable, just understand it's a for now job. You have to play the role of a server and then put on the armor of an actor, go to war, sing your songs, deal with every voice in your head, deal with every voice that's in the holding rooms, every no, every maybe, every we're holding, we're holding you for this, you know, for this gig. I, there's so much that we all have to battle and it is indeed a war. But understanding that what you're experiencing is a for now situation, I think might open up more possibility. So the, the act of multi, I'll say that again. The act of multi-hyphenation is a big F you to a lot of the business. That's literally what it is because in my instance, I've had a lot of people tell me that I can't do certain things and I'm never one to ever be like, okay, <laughs> I'm literally, I will say, no, 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 this is, this is how I'm going to do it. Just watch me. I had a teacher in high school. Her name was Elena Garcia. She is, she is a multi-hyphenate. She's the OG multi-hyphenate. What she would do is in school, she would, she would teach us how to produce and direct. So literally, our sophomore year final was uh, an evening of one-man shows, but the class had to work on each other. So we all wrote our one-man shows, and then I directed Michaela's, and Emily Banks did the technical design for Michaela's, but then like Emily directed mine, and then Rachel teched mine and then I costumed Rachel's. So we all had different responsibilities and we all learned different prof proficiencies of the industry. And 
it was the most liberating experience in the world because there were no labels. We were all on the same playing field. And that's another thing about multi-hyphenating is that it takes away labels, right? That's what I was saying before is it's an anti-label label. It, it goes where I'm at a party and people are, are like, so like, what are you, what are you, what do you do? And I go, I'm a multi-hyphenate. And then they go, okay, what do you mean? I go, I'm an actor, photographer, producer. And they go, oh, okay. And I'm able to then explain what I do in a more easy level. Because if I go, I'm an actor, I'm a photographer, I'm a producer, there's there's like a, sometimes there's a negative connotation to that, right? It sounds like I'm just trying to do a lot of stuff, but multi-hyphenating, it sounds like it's strong, it's bold, it sounds almost scientific, right? It's, it's, uh, I'm, and that's the thing is I'm proud to be an actor. Like I, I wear being an actor proudly with my aura. I, the thing is, is I'm not going to starve for it though. You know, I'm going to work. I'm going to make a name for myself while I wait for those gigs. And I'm also in a predicament where <laughs> when I do audition for things, I'm called back rarely because I'm very specific. The way that I talk about myself is that I'm, uh, I look 16, but sound like Ethel Merman <laughs> and uh, try to imagine what you can actually do with that. It's, I look like I can be in Dear Evan Hansen, but I sound like I should be in Call Me Madam. So there's uh, yeah, you know, go on the website and look at a picture of me. You'll see. <laughs> so multi-hyphenating protects the artist because it allows you, that one word allows you to be able to dabble in so many different things. And when I say dabble, I mean you have to commit to it, but allows you to have more agency. So even though I haven't really booked a gig in a while, and I'll t talk about that very honestly, because being an actor is very difficult, um, even though I haven't booked a gig in a while, uh, I create my own stuff. I wrote a one-man show that I produced twice last year and um, will be producing again, uh, which is uh, something I'm going to be announcing soon, and it's exciting. But um, I wrote the show. It's a story that is very close to me, and no one else can tell the story other than me. So whatever job you go out for as an actor, I hope you know that when I talk about my experience, I am never, ever trying to knock what people need to do in order to further their career. That's not what I'm not ever saying that, but I just don't have an interest in going on a cruise because I, of, because I look at my life and I go, what does my life need? What do I want? What, what makes me happy? I love New York. I love being here in New York. I have a boyfriend. I have a puppy. I, have my photography, I have my producing, so I don't wanna go on a cruise, I don't wanna leave that for eight months. But if you wanna go do that and that works for you, absolutely, by all means. Like a Disney cruise sounds absolutely fabulous, you know what I mean? But it's just not for me. So that cuts that, you know, that cuts a big thing off of my career. It's like I can't go and go do a cruise or I'm being very specific about regional theater because again, I have my photography business, I have my puppy, I have my boyfriend, I have my family here. So I wanna be very picky and choosy if I'm gonna up and leave for three to four months. My dream is always to be here in New York City doing the thing. 
and I like to hold myself accountable for the things that I have put out into the universe and made to happen, made happen. So I choose to produce my own work, work that I can, stories that I can tell, stories that I can relate to. Would I love to be Bach in Wicked? You betcha. I would love to be Bach in Wicked, but that uh, has not happened yet. You know, there's no other excuse other than the fact that it just has not happened yet. And I have to, I have to make the, the good work happen between now and then. I have to be able to fulfill myself artistically. And that's what multi, multi-hyphenating is. It's, it's having, I keep saying this, having agency over things that you can do as an artist, but being happy about it. So I found this photography thing and uh, I was able to build it up while going to EPAs and ECCs. Uh, and you know, it was a client a week because it was, I asked friends to come in the studio for free. If you put me on Instagram, you know, stuff like that. Then it was like three clients a week and then it was like four or five. And then all of a sudden I started getting emails from people I didn't know. And I was washing people's hands at a store called Saban. That was my for now job back in 2014. And I uh, would do the morning shift and then I would go to an EPA or ECC. And then at night I would practice photography with someone. Then it eventually happened where I didn't really need to do my for now job anymore because I was making rent by just photography. And then it eventually grew to a place where I have two to three clients a day and book about three months in advance. And that's where I'm at now, which is very exciting. But the finances that I'm, the income that I'm getting right now with photography is able to support projects that I want to be involved in. Uh, One of my proudest ones is Indoor Boys. And that is a web series produced by myself and Jim Kierstead and Jim Head Jr. And uh, it's starring Alex Wise and Wes Taylor, who wrote it, directed it, and started and starred in it. We have Broadway legends like Carly Carmelo, Vianne Cox, Chris Rodriguez, Isaac Powell, um, Kathy Fitzgerald, uh, Frankie Grande, and Harada. Um, in this season that we just released on indoorboys.tv. But it was one of my proudest moments because in, in, the, in our Brooklyn Airbnb where we filmed, I saw what I had worked towards. You know, I saw Carly Carmelo bringing a brilliant script to life because I, because I worked really hard, you know, because I, because I stayed up past 2 a.m., trying to figure out Photoshop because I was up at 3 a.m. sending out emails, setting up lunch for, for lunch meetings at Sardi's that I couldn't afford in 2014, 2015 because I sacrificed free time because I'm here to do something. So being a multi-hyphenate takes, takes chutzpah and chutzpah is Yiddish for guts. And I sacrificed a lot of things to be where I'm at and That's what I, if there's anything that I want anyone to take away from this podcast, it's the fact that 
being an artist, yes, like I said, it's being a warrior. It's going to war. It's being a soldier for your soul. But ultimately, it takes, it takes chutzpah. It takes guts. I really do believe that it doesn't matter how high you can belt your vibrato, whatever, as long as you commit to what you're giving and it's undeniable what you're selling, you will figure out, the business will figure out what to do with you. Randy Graff even said that she's the original Fantine in Les Mis. She's the first person to sing I Dreamed a Dream in the, U, in the US. She's a Broadway legend. We love her. And she just came to the studio the other day and we're, we're writing something about the headshot which the headshot will be a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> but um, we we were talking about the headshot and she mentioned something very interesting. She, you know, it needs to be about the soul and I agree with that. But the photo should say, scream you and then the industry will figure out what, the casting director will figure out what to do with you. And... That's That says a lot about who we are as artists anyway. The fact that we should just put out there what makes us happy and what we can commit to and what what says about our artistry and the fact and then the industry will be able to place us where they want to place us. You know, people see the gaps in the industry, but multi-hyphenates, they see the bridges. And we're all like, this is another podcast episode will be about me being an empath. (laughs) Um, And I have lots of stories about that. But, but I say, I say this when I'm talking about being an empath and when I'm dealing with (laughs) spirits. Hi guys. Welcome. (laughs) Um, When I, uh, because I have lots of stories about that, but I don't think I'm special. Like it, it has nothing to do with me being like, it's very difficult for me actually to like talk about myself in this way because I don't think I'm special. I think that we're all capable of this. I think that we're all born with this, but for some reason, many of us aren't accessing it. Many of us are, are finding patterns that we're, getting stuck in, we're taking off the armor and serving that table, we're taking off the armor and we're sitting at that desk job, not figuring out ways to bridge those experiences, but instead keeping the gaps there. And I'm not saying armor as in not letting yourself be vulnerable. I'm saying about like armor, like literally figuratively, as if we're looking at ourselves like artistic soldiers. What I'm saying is that the veil, that the identity of an artist, you're literally taking it off and saying, I'm not an artist anymore. And having an, and being an artist takes a lot of what? Chutzpah. You have to wear it at all times. You have to constantly have it in front of you, reminding yourself that that is why you're here. Being a multi-hyphenate artist is beautiful. It's engaging. It creates community. It creates relationships it creates good times it creates new encounters and and opportunities and that's why we're all here that's why we're all here in new york city the best place in the world so we can create those opportunities 
Now, I understand a lot of what I'm talking about comes out of privilege. And I want to acknowledge that. The fact that I come from a very privileged background of going to a performing arts high school, of of working regionally since I'm 10 years old, of being surrounded by supportive family coming out when I was 13 years old. There's a huge privileged aspect to to my experience. And I never ever would want to speak on behalf of anyone else's experience. I I can only talk about mine. I think multi-hyphenating comes out of need and want. For me, multi-hyphenating was a way to stop the demons from coming anymore. It was a way for me to compartmentalize what I love to do. Uh, that one, This one word is able to stop people dead in their tracks and listen. It's perfect for an elevator pitch too. So imagine you're on an elevator, you're on the 16th floor, and there's someone you've been dying to work with, right? Uh, and they step into the elevator, and they strike up a conversation with you, and they go, Michael, tell me about you. What the hell do you say? That's why. That's what, another reason why I wanted to come up with making it easy for myself to explain what I do. Well, Stephen Sondheim, I'm a multi-hyphenate. I'm an artist who has multiple proficiencies. I, I'm going to say that again. I stumbled. Well, Stephen Sondheim, I'm a multi-hyphenate. I'm an artist who has multiple proficiencies. I cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. Uh, yeah, he'll probably just like stop the elevator and be like, I'm getting off here. Bye. <laughs> but um, he likes words. He's a wordy guy. So he'll probably listen to me, but the goal is for with an elevator pitch, and I teach workshops on literally elevator pitches and how to make them as successful as possible. But the goal with that is for you to stop off in the lobby and that person go, What are you doing right now? You want to go grab a drink? That's the goal of that. And multi multi hyphenating uh, offers a lot of opportunities for <laughs> drinks and for lunch plans and for possibility. You know, I one of my favorite recent projects was that I helped get Rock the Audition Coalition um, up on its feet as the creative producer, uh, Sherry Sanders, who is the brains behind Rock the Audition, just released the second edition of her uh, book, her amazing book that I studied in college. And the second edition of it came out and we were talking on the phone and we said, well, you know, I said to her, you know, Sherry will you train trans and non-binary artists for free. What if when they're done with you, they come to me for a free headshot? And she's like, that's a great idea. And the next thing you know, we built this coalition where uh, people can discuss uh, the industry, marginalization in the industry and inclusivity in the industry and also train with us for free. Uh, So that is happening as we speak, which is very exciting and very brilliant. So you have to check out Rock the Audition uh, and the Rock the Audition Coalition. That's one of the ways that multi-hyphenating is, everyone take a shot every time I see, say multi-hyphenating. <laughs> That's uh, one of the ways that multi-hyphenating is, is reflective of intention, right? I was just talking about this with my therapist, intention. I believe that when you have really good intention, you can't go wrong. 
if you have good intention, then everything that the universe will support you and everything will follow and intention cannot fail you. So when the intention is good and it's about creating opportunity for other people and you're providing funds for that or space or, or, um, knowledge or ideas, whatever, then it will, it will happen because you're combining your experience, you're combining your impulse, you're combining your intention and you're creating something bigger than you. It's not about this is going to get me to Broadway, but it's about making the world a better place. Multi-hyphen, there's a lot of power in multi-hyphenating because since it gives you agency as an artist, you're able to also step back and see the type of work that you want to do. Since you're not answering to anyone, you can then create the, what the work means, the meaning of your work. So as an artist, I engage in non-quotidian artistry that benefits the world around me. Basically that says I do really different sort of work and anything I do affects the world around me in a positive way. So if someone brings me a piece that they want me to produce and it doesn't benefit the world around me in a positive way, then I pass. Um, with photography, how that goes into my uh, world of artistry is I, I engage with incredible people in my studio. Like some of the best people I've ever met. It doesn't matter if they have Tonys, nominations, a Broadway credit, their equity, like doesn't matter. There are incredible people that come to my studio that change me. And in turn, through the photo, through the camera, I have the world see them. So that's how I justify that being a part of my thematic statement as an artist. And then as an actor, I can only hope that the work that I participate in is good. It changes someone, it changes the world, it changes how we approach ideas and progress and communities. So that's how I gauge what I'm doing. I want it to be positive, I want it to be impactful, and I want it to be powerful. One of my last thoughts on the matter is passion versus purpose. So with passion and purpose, the lines can often be blurred. I have not been on Broadway yet. Do I want to be on Broadway? You betcha. I do, and I know a lot of people want to be on Broadway, but Broadway is not what I do. Broadway is how I do it. Broadway is a passion because it is a medium for how I get my purpose out there. The Broadway community, which is my life and my blood and my soul, the people that have been born into this industry and shaped me. I mean, I am eternally grateful and thankful for the Broadway community, but it's not my purpose. It is, a, it is a medium for my purpose. And my purpose is to create non-quotidian artistry that benefits the world around me. But my passion is Broadway. It, that is how I get the, my word out there. That is how I'm able to speak my truth through that medium. TV and film, it's like, 
I enjoy it. Sure. I love getting lost in the shows and I like, I like producing TV, um, web series. I love it, but there's nothing like walking into a Broadway house and being affected by a show that you're seeing. And Broadway is also the first community to respond to a tragedy, to a group of people that need something. One of my favorite experiences with the Broadway community was the shoot was the response to the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, which Stoneman Douglas High School is around the corner from my house that I grew up in. So I very much knew, very much knew how it affected my community, and it was devastating. But the Broadway community is the first community to respond to what happened down in Carl Springs, Parkland. Uh, Broadway Records produced a massive, massive concert that was at the Panther Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. And the community came out and supported and JetBlue sponsored the flights and flew us all down and I was able to photograph the event. The photos were later on the featured on the Tonys and Vogue, which was very cool. Um, but watching the Broadway community drop everything and go, we're going to help fix this. We're going to help heal. That's the medium through what I want to do. That's my passion. That is that. That's how I. That's how I see the world. That's how I want the world to see me. And I think what happens is when when some of us don't make it on Broadway within the first year of college, when some of us don't aren't able to permeate the business as well as others, it's because we're getting tied up by looking at Broadway as our purpose. And if that purpose and if purpose isn't fulfilled, then we get a little lost, we get a little damaged, we get a little sidetracked. I'm going to implore everyone to take a step back and figure out what everyone's purpose is and how to get there. And I did that. I took a step back, looked at my purpose and figured out that multi-hyphenating is the best way for me to impact the world around me. This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at the Dressing Room Project, or on Twitter at mkushnerphoto. And visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dear multi hyphenate. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.